Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Manxiety Podcast. We're your hosts, Ashad and Matt. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. If you want to share this with your friends, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This week, we'll be continuing our Stoicism series with part three. So in the last two uh, episodes uh, regarding Stoicism, we went through, you know, sort of Stoicism at a high level, went through some Stoic exercises, we talked through them, gave you guys a bunch of quotes, um, which I'm sure all of you guys uh, memorized and haven't forgotten at this point. But uh, we'll be diving right back into our Stoicism part three and continuing with some of those Stoic exercises uh, that we mentioned previously. So the final three exercises are, I wouldn't say dark or on the darker side, Um, but I mean, Halloween is coming up. So yeah, maybe they're a little bit on the darker side. If it was coffee, it'd be a a little on the bitter side. (laughs) It'll be like a French roast, Um, bold and dark. Anyway, uh, the first of those three exercises is called Memento Mori. And memento mori is, is, is a practice that Stoics use to meditate on their mortality, right? And so, uh, again, start off with the quote from, uh, from Seneca uh, regarding memento mori. Uh, he says, let us prepare our minds as if we'd come to the very end of life. Let us postpone nothing. Let us balance life's books each day. The one who puts the finishing touches on their life each day is never short of time. And so what they're trying to say is, you know, the, the, there's a variation of this that, that's been uh, sort of popularized in uh, modern culture or in popular culture these days uh, called YOLO. <laughs> you only live once. Um, and it, I mean, they're, they're kind of similar in the fact that uh, they're both kind of saying that, you know, you're going to live once, um, so make sure that you live sort of life to the fullest, right? Uh, however, I think the YOLO for the, the one that's popularized is uh, a little bit more on the you're only going to live once, so do whatever the hell you want. Whereas Memento Mori doesn't say do whatever you want. It says that, you know, you know you're going to die someday, right? But you don't know what day that's going to be because we're all mortals. So just make sure that you live each day as if it were your last, right? So, um, you know, make sure you, you know, tell the people you care about that you care about them. Make sure that you, uh, you know, do the things you love, right? Make sure that you never, um, you know, argue with someone and leave it at that or whatever it is, whatever that means to you. Just knowing that, you know, if if you went to bed tonight and did not wake up tomorrow, you know, you would be okay. You would be happy, or maybe not happy, but you would be content at uh, sort of the life you've lived to that point. So that's 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 sort of the biggest part of that. Um, and it really went back that, that that practice of reflecting on mortality went back all the way back to Socrates, um, who said that uh, that the proper practice of philosophy is about nothing else but dying and being dead. And in uh, Marcus Aurelius' meditations, he uh, th- there's a, a one of the meditations or you know one of the 
parts of the journal where he writes, you could leave life right now. Let that determine what, what you do and what you do and say and think, right? So it's about keeping that in mind, right? Don't, don't say something you're going to regret. Don't do something you're going to regret. Um, and don't, don't think in a way that you're going to regret because, you know, you may not be able to say, do, or think tomorrow. Yeah, this is um, a really great practice. You see a lot of people get tattoos of Memento Mori. And it's it's interesting because we as human beings know that we will die. Right? Um, we don't know if animals know in the same way that we can you know, philosophize about it. Right, we don't know if our pets know it. They know when they get older and they hurt and they feel pain and stuff, right? That like something's wrong, but they don't. They can't really maybe not communicate what's going to happen, right? But we're told at a very young age, like, oh, one day you're going to die. Like, you know, people that have passed away suddenly, things like that. And to be able to reflect on it and look at it for the positive things of it, right? Like, if you're not happy with the way your life is, right? I know a shot used content. Right, instead of happy, because we don't want you to be happy that you died, right, if you passed away. But it's like, if you're not living your life to the fullest, what what do you think is going to change? Like, what what do you need for you to have that wake up call? And for a lot of people, it is that near death experience. Somebody or losing gets someone near to them. Right, they suffer loss, or they come close to, um, you know, a tragic end, like in a car crash or something, and an accident of some sort, and they start to think well, shit, I don't have forever, right? I think that was something that I learned um, through lockdowns and COVID and seeing family members pass away from it and stuff was like, damn, I, I'm i still pretty young. I still kind of feel invincible, but I'm not. And um, I, I try to be very aware of that, you know, in my daily actions, because even when you hop on the freeway, you know, something bad could happen on the freeway if you're not paying attention, right? Everything's, ah, oh, I can drive and text. It's not going to happen to me until it does. Um, so thinking about your actions that, you know, like, are you living your life right now in accordance to your values? And if this was truly the last day, would you be happy with it, right? Would you, or content, like shot said, you know, would you be okay with it overall? Um, and if not, maybe reflect on that and then think about changing it. And that's why, you know, this one can be depressing, right? But it can also be very enlightening, when it allows yourself the time to reflect on it and think, here's where things are. Where do I want them to go? Right. It kind of helps you goal set for it. And um, I think it's very important. It's, it's one of the important ones. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's depressing if you if you're missing the point of why you do it. Right. It's not about like continually reminding yourself that I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Right. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about. um you know, it's about invigorating you and it's about giving you, kind of giving you purpose, right? Giving you motivation and also humbling you a little bit, right? Making you realize that, you know, you only have so long. So like, do what you love, you know, you know, tell the people around you, you know, how you feel, like spend time with them, like do all the things that, that make you happy. And surround yourself with people that make you happy, or wh whatever that means to you, right? That that that's what it's really about. And I think 
because it's so hard to really think on that sometimes, a lot of people choose not to. And sort of throughout history, this, this is obviously, this is my own take on this, but, you know, throughout history, people have come up with ways to circumvent uh, their mortality, right? And what I mean by that is like, you know, if you look at different religions, right? So let's let's say Christianity because um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a baptized Christian. So Christianity says that after you die, you go to heaven, right? And in heaven, you know, whatever. It's all great. It's all fun. Good times. I feel like that kind of puts people at a disadvantage because even though it allows them to avoid this, to avoid memento mori, meditating on their mortality, because they know that after they die, they're going to go somewhere else. It's going to be great and fun and whatever. It also kind of, in my opinion, makes people feel like they can do whatever you, whatever they want. Because, you know, as long as you believe Christianity, you know, and you, you know, go and repent for your sins and, you know, uh, and all that, then you'll be admitted into heaven. So I feel like it's kind of dangerous. At, at least my opinion on it is that it's kind of dangerous not to not to do this, right? Not to think about your mortality and to just accept that, you know, as long as you confess, you know, whatever you're in your religion, whatever that means, right? There is an afterlife. And as long as you follow these rules, then you're going to go to the afterlife. Um, so that, that's one of the, one of the big practices, uh, is memento mori. The next, uh, we, we, uh, we should say that in Latin, it actually doesn't mean remember that you die or remember that you have to die. Right. So it's right. so like Thank a lot you. of people get it tattooed as like, remember death or remember that it's fleeting. That's why they get it tattooed. Even though tattoos are mostly permanent. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's actually another quote, um, that I really like. I just don't remember the exact words of it. I'm trying to find it right now. I mean, I'm shopping for new tattoos, dude. What if I just get this on the bicep, you know, Memento Mori? <laughs> for new tattoos? Yeah, new tattoos. I already have one. That's funny. I need more. Anyway, the, the, there was a quote that that basically went... It, it was something along the lines of... Um, it was like, today I died... But because I died, or how does it go? No, it, 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 it's like, think, think as if you've died yesterday and that today is a new life. Now start living it or something along those lines. You know which mm. one I'm talking about? No, but it, it reminded me of something else. Um, I, don't, I don't remember if you've seen Peaky Blinders. Uh, I've seen some of the first season. Okay, well, not I won't mention the characters, but half spoilers for people who know what I'm talking about. Um, somebody somebody dies in the show. A lot of people die in the show, whatever. Um, but somebody's giving a speech about it, right? And the speech is essentially like, even though he died today, really we all died back in the war because they went through a war and they were fighting in the war and they thought they were all dead because like the soldiers were outside their building ready to fire and like this miracle happened they had to disperse whatever right type of thing and they were like we we swore on that day that every day after we would never take for granted because we're already dead men 
Like we've yep. already we've already accepted that we should have died there. So every day after is a blessing. And, yeah, and um, I thought that was beautiful. No, that's that's really good. And and the quote I was looking for, I found it. So it's from Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. And the quote is, think of yourself as dead. You have lived your life. Now take what's left of it and live properly. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, Marcus Aurelius had a ton of tragedy in his life too, right? Didn't he did. His, didn't like his son pass away super young? Uh, he had, yeah, he had kids pass away. I mean, his parents, he was taken from his parents, to, taught to rule a kingdom at a young age. There was a war. There was a pandemic. Like, he had a lot going on. But, um, I mean, he, he did well. Did well for himself. Um, so, the next one, the next uh, Stoic practice is called Premeditatio Malorum. And Premeditatio Malorum. What? And Premeditatio Malorum is the premeditation of evils. So... What this exercise is, is imagining things that could go wrong or could be taken away from us, right? So thinking about all of the things that can go wrong. And, and the way that this helped the Stoics and can help everyone else is that it helps us prepare for life's inevitable setbacks. So that instead of, um, you know, if something happens, right, instead of being surprised by it and having to deal with this new situation that arose at the moment, you think about it before, and you think about, you know, what you can do so that if something does happen, you're prepared. Uh, so I, you know, on, on the Therapy Thursday ex- episode, I spoke about <clears throat> the party that that I was going to have, right? So imagine if I was using the stoic practice for that party, and I was thinking about, all right, well, um, you know, what if, Let's say, what if it rains, right? And we're having the party outdoors. What if it rains uh, and the party gets ruined, okay? So I, st- I start thinking like these negative or these setbacks that can happen. And so I start coming up with a plan. Well, if it rains, and I'm doing this all before. If it rains, well, maybe I can move the beer pong table into my garage and I can move the chairs underneath my patio, right? And we can move part of the, you know, part of the party inside and turn on the heater and leave the doors open. Right. So I, I thought about all this before. So now if it does rain, I already have a plan. Right. It, it's not going to surprise me. It's not going to ruin the party because I've already made plans for it. Same thing with anything else. Right. You know, what if uh, what if Costco runs out of pizza for for the party and I can't go and grab it? Well, uh, you know, you think about what else you can do. Little Caesars has five dollar uh, hot and ready pizzas. I can stop by there, pick up a whole bunch of those and bring them over and party's been saved the pizza's there so that's that that's sort of what it is i mean obviously those are very sort of basic examples but it's still um it that's what the practice is and i've i've kind of started doing this sort of as second nature at this point so uh, you know I, I think about the kinds of things that can go wrong at least at a broad scale and you know have some sort of idea of how i would manage them uh, but as with any of these practices, uh, another quote, um, and this one is from Seneca, uh, who says, uh, or who, I guess, he did say it, uh, what is quite unlooked for is more crushing in its effect and unexpectedness adds to the weight of a disaster. This is a reason for ensuring that nothing ever takes us by surprise. 
We should project our thoughts ahead of us at every turn and have in mind every possible eventuality instead of only the usual course of events. Rehearse them in your mind. Exile, torture, war, shipwreck. All the terms of our human lot should be before our eyes. Again, sort of going off what I said, right? Um, The hardest part is the unexpectedness of a disaster or something going wrong. It's, It's not that it happens. It's that it was unexpected. So as long as you prepare for that, as long as you prepare for everything, right? The hardest part, you've just taken out the hardest part. Disaster can still happen, but you've got a plan. You're not, um, you know, you're not caught by surprise. This is very much in line with the phrase, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. And being able to imagine that those things are gone is very helpful, not only for forming plans. I'm sure we do this all the time with people with anxiety, but also because then you realize life goes on and kind of pairing it with memento mori, not only will you die, your loved ones, your friends, your family, your pets, everybody at one point of this earth will perish. So having those thoughts as well of like, you know, when you're in a fight with somebody and you're screaming at your your brother or your sister or something, right? Like you're an asshole and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then taking that step back a day later, whenever it is to be like, well, shit, like what if, what if I lost them? Right. I, you know, I was upset. I was heated. It's not, it's not worth it. There are bigger things at play here. Like that you go apologize. You can swallow your pride, all those things, right? Like they're still around. They're still there because imagine like that was the last time you ever got to talk to them was like you having that fight with them. Right. Um, and yeah, if you imagine disaster, you'll eventually be able to prevent it. And part of that is the confidence to know whatever happens, you'll be able to handle it. Right. If, there's an earthquake where we live, we'll be able to handle it because we can figure out how to, you know, be in a stressful situation and figuring out what to do, right? Making sure everybody's okay. Okay. Everybody in the house is okay. Great. Do we have food? Do we have water? You know, like running through that checklist in your mind, right? Um, that's why you do disaster preparedness kits out, or like earthquake kits where, where we live. Um, but that's also why they, why they teach you shit like, hey, stop, drop, and roll. Like, if you're ever on fire, stop, drop, and roll, right? Like, yep. that's that's buried into our psyche when we're little kids um, to, to think, hey, I mean, hopefully you're never on fire. But, hey, if I was on fire, I know what to do, right? Stop, drop, and roll. Like, if you just stop and hammer time, sorry, bad joke, <laughs> um, it's, it's not going to be good for you. You know, it's funny. I've never actually seen anyone on fire that's had to do that. Me neither. The only people I've ever seen on fire are in movies, and it's always witches and, like, they're tied to the stake. Yeah, so they're so. never dropping or rolling. They're always just stopped. Right. <laughs> I think I think this is one of the big lies we were taught as kids. You I know? know, I know. Because technically, if you're on fire, you probably shouldn't drop down and roll. You should probably pat yourself down. Well, no, right? I like think if, you are supposed to stop, drop, and roll. Well, I guess if, if you're, you're whole, yeah, if your whole body is on fire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> going back to uh, premeditatio malorum, um. You know, uh, I I, wrote, I read the the quote from Seneca, but something that he would do, and this is a really good example, is uh, he would begin by reviewing or rehearsing his plans, right? To say, like, to take a trip. So then in his head, he would go over things that could go wrong or prevent it from happening. A storm could arise, the captain could fall ill, the ship could be attacked by pirates. And what he would 
you know, write in his journal, journal and what he wrote to a friend was that nothing happens to the wise man against his expectations, nor do all things turn out for him as he wished, but as he reckoned. And above all, he reckoned that something could block his plans. So it's saying that nothing may go, n not all things may go to planned, like as planned, but all things can go sort of as expected, right? Like as long as you're prepared for it, you can be prepared for all things. Um, now that I think back on this, I think a lot of my ability to do this probably comes from playing chess. And, and and the reason for that, right, even though you're probably thinking, how does chess have anything to do with, um, you know, premeditating evils, is because when you're playing chess, you're always thinking many steps ahead, right? You're not only thinking about the move that you make now, you're thinking about, okay, so if I make this move, what are all of the possible moves that my opponent is going to make, right? And then, based on all those possible moves, now you think about, all right, well, if he makes each of these moves, what are the possible moves I am going to make? And you're thinking, you know, five, sometimes five, six, seven steps ahead of what you're going to do. Um, and again, you're not only looking at one, like, you have to look... All of these tie into each other. If you remember from uh, last week's, uh, or not last week's, but from Stoicism Part 2, taking the view from above, right? It all ties into it together because, again, in chess, you have to, you might be so focused on this one move you made and this one way that you've planned out you're going to checkmate them that you forget to look at the view from above and see that on the other side, they're getting ready to checkmate you and they're about to take you down. So I think that's why for me it's it's easy to do this because I've you know I've played chess since out from very young age with my grandpa and so I've learned to do this right I've learned to think multiple steps ahead to think about all of the different moves that the other person can make and to come up with plans for all of them so I'm not surprised Now you know does my grandpa still beat me he does right he's he's still better although last time he was over I beat him twice so I'm pretty happy about that but you know, it is something that will, does take training and, you know, you have to continue doing to, to keep up um, and to be able to improve on. Uh, it's not something that you can learn overnight, but, you know, maybe you start off with something small. Um, I don't know, something, like we were saying, something you're maybe a little bit excited for. Uh, let's say going to the movies or going to a party or something. Yeah, Matt has one. Um, well... There's also this practice that pretty much relates, but it's in they use it in business called a pre-mortem. So post-mortem meaning after death, pre-mortem is before death, right? Like analyzing what went wrong. Right. So in this case of that same situation, we could take like your party, but you say like, okay, you know, the day the party comes and it was a terrible experience, what happened? So you, you look at it from kind of like reverse engineering it. So you could say, well, it was terrible because it rained. So you have, a, you have a plan for the rain. It was terrible because Costco ran out of pizza. So I have an alternative. It was terrible because um, I didn't have individual bags of chips. Everybody was putting the same hands in the same bags and people's dirty hands ruined the chips. Okay. So you buy the 72 pack at Costco of Lay's chips or whatever, right? So people have that crap. Okay. I, I didn't have cups. I didn't have this. I didn't have this. You think of everything in that same way that could go wrong with it, but kind of in the reverse step of as if it had already happened. So you're right. like... The party was terrible. I feel I feel so bad. What went wrong? And then walking back, 
is um, kind of the same thing. And, and I, I, I do this all the time from a, in a business perspective because it's like, hey, this new project we're working on absolutely failed. What did we do wrong? And it could be a year out. And people are like, well, we didn't set proper expectations. We didn't do this. We didn't do this. I was like, right. So now we know what we need to do to actually meet the goals. Right. So. No, that, that, yeah. that is actually very good. Um, and I mean, again, same practice, just approaching it in a different way. Yeah, it's just maybe an easier way for people at home to digest it instead of like, shit, what if I get hit by lightning and I'm paralyzed from the waist down? <laughs> you know, just just do it in small steps with the, the events that you're doing throughout your daily life, right? Um, I'm going to ask this girl out. What's the, what went wrong, right? I'm going to, I don't know. Anything. I mean, we can, can go through the practice right now. Like, so I have a hunting trip planned, right? In two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we can, you know, and I've already done some of this and I've started preparing because I've been doing this. But you start going down the list, right? All right. So I have a hunting trip planned. So let's say let's say we go with what can go wrong, right? Um, we're not able to find a place to stay, okay? A place to camp out. All right. So what do we have to do about that? Well, we got to look for places now so that we can make sure we make a reservation so that we can camp out there if available or find a place that offers free open camping so that we can go there. All right. So I started, you know, already... I looked into all the campgrounds in the area, looked into which ones are close to where I want to be. I found one that was available. I booked it, right? So one check, that one's been taken care of. Next one is, well, what if uh, what if it's cold, right? What if it's very cold during that time because we're up in the mountains? Um, or like, uh, we don't know how the weather will be. What if the weather ruins the hunt? Let's put it that way. Well, so what I did is I went through historic weather records, right, for that area, for the last two or three years, right? I saw the average temperatures. And so now I know within some degree of certainty what the average temperature is going to be. I also call the Degree of certainty? <laughs> yes. Get it? Degree? Yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, I also called the ranger there, right? And I asked the ranger, hey, what's the weather like right now? What's the weather like this time of year? You know, what should I expect? So, you know, by, by doing this activity now, I've taken that out as, as a problem. You know, what if it rains? Well, if it rains, my tent is, uh, you know, good enough to last in the rain. Um, you know, I'll be taking a rain jacket to make sure that I can stay, you know, uh, dry. Um, and I'll be taking clothes to, to keep me warm. So you got to go through all this, right? Uh, well, you know, I checked the website and you're not allowed to have open fires, right? So no campfires, nothing like that. All right, so... You know, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to take a propane stove. Well, what if the propane stove doesn't work? Well, we're going to take a backup stove that has propane as well or that has something else. So, you know, again, I go through all of these in my head and I start preparing for all of it so that when the time comes, you know, it's not unexpected. I've, I've already planned for it. I already know what I'm going to do if something happens. Now, will unexpected things happen? Of course, you can't. There's no way I can plan for every single eventuality. Yes. What if you find Bigfoot? What if I find Bigfoot? That's a good one. I hadn't thought of that one. What will I do if I find Bigfoot? Well, first of all, um, I would probably uh, try to greet him. See if he talks back. Who knows? He might talk back to me and say hello. If he does, then I make friends and we have a couple shots together. 
I try to greet him and that doesn't happen and he gets violent. Well, there's a reason I keep, uh, you know, a pistol on me when I'm hunting so that if something comes too close, you know, I'm ready to go. So again, you got to be prepared for all these things. That was that was great. I mean, at no point did you say I would take a picture and post it to the Internet. You were just like, I'm gonna handle this shit. I'm either going to make a friend or I'm going to shoot his ass. Well, no, I mean, if he's going to attack me, then obviously I'm defend myself. And if he's not going to attack me, I'll make friends. Like, why would I put it on the Internet? There's a reason. Bro, if you found Bigfoot, you're famous, dude. Put that on the care. Internet. The, the, we'll have dude, him on the podcast, he does, dude. He, does, he doesn't want to pro- be found. He, he, he probably you, sounds like che- Chewbacca, dude. Just, if he wanted to be found, he would have come out already. So mm. the fact that he doesn't want to be found, I'm not going to be the one to find him. I'll make friends with him and I'll go that visit him a, every now and then. That was a test. You're, you're a true friend. Some of us have to be. Oh, yeah. Shots fired. Anyway, last exercise. Last stoic exercise is something called Amor Fati. What's Amor Fati, Matthew? Amor fati is a Latin phrase, because everything's derived from Latin. Um, love of fate or love of one's fate. You know it. And uh, what, what does amor fati mean? That's what it means. Love right, of fate. Right, but like, what's the practice? Oh. <laughs> um, I feel like I went through all the other ones. I feel bad. I don't want to take the spotlight away from you. Oh, no, you're great. I, I love listening to you explain it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'll start off this one with a quote, too. Marcus Aurelius. To love only what happens, what was destined, no greater harmony. So something big in Stoicism is, and and not only in Stoicism, it's actually, it's also big in um, a lot of of religions, a lot of beliefs, is this... um, Uh, basically, this concept of fate, right? Like, everyone has some sort of fate, and, you know, we live sort of within the realm of that fate. And me personally, not a big believer in fate, right? Put that out there right now. I practice stoicism. I practice pretty much everything. This one exercise, I don't practice. There's a reason for it that I'll explain later. But first, the exercise. Um, so another one from Marcus Aurelius, right? He says, um, he, he writes, a blazing fire masks flame and brightness out of everything that is thrown into it. Epictetus, who was a crippled slave and had faced uh, diversity, said, do not seek for things to happen the way you want them to. Rather, wish that what happens the way it happened that what happens happens the way it happens then you will be happy right so there's this very big belief in stoicism at least ancient stoicism in in fate in things having a way that they're supposed to happen and you as a person going along with it right not going against it so you know when you live your life making sure that you live it the way that nature intended in a sense and that for them, it, a lot of it has to do with nature, right? For the Stoics, it wasn't necessarily about a god or, you know, something like that. It was more along the lines of living with how nature intended for us to live, 
you know, being with nature, um, you know, not doing anything that goes against our nature. So that, that that's that's more along the lines of how the Stoics believed Amor Fati fit in uh, to their lives. Uh, any thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, also from the the article referencing as well, it does say that you know, essentially the idea is that the mindset that you take on for making the best out of anything that happens, treating each and every moment, no matter how challenging, as something to be embraced, not avoided. To not only be okay with it, but to love it and be better for it. So I, I think that probably what you're going to talk about is how you can control your own fate, right? And how like you have to make choices that back up what you want to do in life and so on and so forth. But for them, back in the day when they were talking about this, a lot of them were dealt very rough hands. There were plagues, there was famine, there was uh, you know, premature death all over the place. And um, for them, it was like, well, that's just fate. Right. If I'm if I become emperor, that's my fate. Right. They, they very much believe that things were foretold for them um, at birth or, or pre-birth sometimes. So it, it could be that like, ah, whatever happens, happens. Right. Like if I'm. I don't know, like crippled in an accident, I, I was supposed to happen for a reason. Right. It's a challenge and things like that. Like you can be upset and everything. But the way I interpret it is that like whatever happens, you have to see it as like to to embrace what's happening to you right whether you're dictating your fate or not it's like you're still in control of it but if something happens and you can't control it then for me that's where it's just like okay just ignore it right so like if you i I don't know like let's say you're preparing for like an interview or something right and you go and you prepare and you interview and and you don't get the job well then like that was fated to happen let's say but okay you just move on from it right like it didn't happen so what what's next like what's the next step what can you control in the situation so what's what's your interpretation of it like why don't you agree with that i'm curious well so i i mean the part that i don't agree with is uh, like you said the fate part right because i i'm just not a big believer in fate i i think that you know every person's choices lead them to um uh, you know, lead them to live the life that they live or not necessarily their choices, but, you know, their choices, their circumstances, the things that they're put through. Uh, there are parts of it that I do agree with, right? So I, I'm very much of the uh, um, of the belief that whatever happens to us, right, you have to accept it and, you know, use it as something to make you better or, or improve, use it as a way to improve or make your life better. Uh, but regardless, you have to accept it because it happened and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so with, with with that piece, I'm okay. So I guess it's not that it's the whole thing that I don't agree with. It's just personally, I I don't know. It, it's hard for me to accept that, you know, if if you believe in the old Greek gods that there's uh, the three fates sitting there, you know, <laughs> uh, braiding your you know your life's yarn or whatever and dictating how you're gonna live. So. I, I just thought of this. This this maybe relates how we both might feel about it. Is it's kind of like um, nature versus nurture. And what a lot of people say now is like, you know, in terms of like the way you were genetically predestined to be a certain thing. It's like that's um, I think what they say is that that's like the gun. But then your actions pull the trigger on it. So like even if you have like a genetic, let's say you're genetically predisposed to like process sugar in a way that spikes your insulin and you're more likely to have diabetes well you can still control 
the food that you eat to make the decision to not have that health concern later in life, right? Like you're still, you still very much like have your choices. So what what I'm kind of hearing is that you're saying like, you don't like it when people are like, well, I'm just fated to be this thing. And they take all the onus off themselves. And they're like, well, fuck, like, I guess I just wasn't meant out for this position. And I wasn't meant to do that thing. So like, whatever. But it's like, you can control a lot more than you realize up until that point. No, that's, that's totally what it is. Uh, that I'm, you hit it right on. That's ex- actually exactly what it is. I hate it when people tell me, you know, this is just how I am, or this is just how things are, or, you know, like you said, I'm fated for this, or whatever. Like, regardless of, think about it in poker, right? A good poker player, regardless of the hand they're dealt. Well, I don't want to say that. Not regardless of the hand they're dealt. But they can be dealt a very shitty hand, and they can win the round with that hand. And because it's it's not it's not the way it's not the cards in their hand that dictates how they're gonna play. It's it's their own abilities, their own play style, right? They may have the shittiest hand in the history of poker. They might have, I don't know, low cards, all different suits, whatever it is. But they may, you know. They may be able to sell the fact and make other people believe that they have a royal flush and they can win that round. Um, and uh, obviously that's that's a very loose example, but I'm just I don't know when like when I when I ran uh, when I ran a marathon. Right. People were like 26 miles. How did you do it? How did you do that? How did you do this? I can never do that. And I'm always like, but you can. You just choose not to. Like I. I mean, I don't want to say I never thought I could, but it's not like I woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to go and start running and just started, I just ran 26 miles, right? I'm not Forrest Gump. I, that's that's not what happened. I decided that I want to run a marathon, right? I started small. I was like, all right, I want to run a marathon, so I'll start with the half marathon. Before the half marathon, I started, I did a 5K, right? I started practicing. I started doing research, how best to run, what time to run. What form I need to use, you know, what kind of training I should do to build up to that. And then once I'd done the 5K, I went to, uh, you know, I, I did the half marathon. And then when I did the half marathon, I already had an idea of, you know, this is what I need to work on. I was able to get there. Like, I forgot my water when I did my half marathon. Uh, you know, there were these, all these things. Uh, I didn't pace myself well. Uh, so I, I actually, I ran my half marathon faster than what I had been pacing, which you might say, well, that's a great thing, but it's not because if I was running a full marathon, I wouldn't be able to make it to the end because I had run faster, right? So like, there's all these things you learn and you iterate and you get better and better. Um, it, it's funny because um, someone reached out to me the other day. Uh, they'd seen my LinkedIn profile and uh, they they called me and they're like, you know, I, I was really impressed by your profile, this and that. I really like your LinkedIn header. And my header says, um, in permanent beta, right? And I think that that's how we should approach everything, is that it's always in beta. You're always iterating, you're always learning, and you're always improving. Because once you say that something is complete, well, then you've sort of, you've sort of let it be. You've, you've decided that that's the extent of your ability or the extent of what you can do. And... 
I don't want to say you've given up, but there, you know, there, there's nowhere else it can go. Um, yeah. So that 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 that's my big thing with 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 you know fate. Um, but again, Amorphati is is a little bit. It goes a little bit beyond that, right? Like fate, I think, is a part of it, but uh, another part of it, like another part of it, is that put it, is putting your energy and emotions into exertions only where they will have real impact, right? Saying that 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 is that place we will tell ourselves this is what I've got to do or put up with. Well, I might as well be happy about it. And you know, when you were, when you were asking me about. Um, he was on Therapy Thursday episode about like my yard work, right? And like my housework and being excited for things. The thing is like, I have work to do. I need to do it anyway. So I might as well be excited about it. Or even if I'm not excited or happy about it, I still got to do it, right? So I accept it. I accept that it's something I have to do. And then I just go and do it. And most of the time, because I'm not thinking of it as a chore or thinking of it as something negative that I have to do, I'm happy doing it. You know, it's something new I learned, something new I discover. Um, honestly, I've, you know, ever since I bought a house, I've really enjoyed just being outside and like doing stuff with, um, you know, with my plants, with my this, with my dad, like learning new things, like doing research on them. Uh, like I poured a concrete pad uh, with my father-in-law last week, um, which, I mean, I we'd done concrete steps, but now we did a concrete pad. So it's like, it's all these new things, right? And like, yes, it is something that I had to do or obviously I could have paid someone to do it. Um, and if I had thought of it as a chore and like hated doing it every moment of it, like I wouldn't have learned anything. I would have just made it harder for myself. So I just accept the fact that it's something I got to do. And I made the best of it. I put my efforts into it. And now it's a new skill that I've learned. And, you know, in the future, if I ever need to do it, I at least know how to approach it. Or if I, if I decide to bring someone else to do it, you know, at least I can tell if they're doing a good job or not. Yeah, I, I, I love it overall. I mean, the idea that, <clears throat> like, like it, it's almost, if you look at it in reverse, too, with, with fate, um, like people that are successful, oh, well, they were just fated to be successful. They were born in the right family. They They did the right things, right? They had the right connections growing up. But you also don't want to like use it to discount your own hard work, you know, the work that you put in, like just because you didn't get something. Yeah, you accept it for what it is and you move on and go from there. And even with the um, like the housework and all that stuff, right, using some of the other stoic principles we talked about in the previous episodes, like you're you're blessed because you have a house, because you can do housework, because, you know, you have two working hands where you can do the dishes because there are people that are very happy but they're they're born um in situations where they're dealt like a very shitty hand right like there's um there's this famous uh, motivational speaker where he was born with no arms and no legs and he people are like how can you be happy and he's like well this is just what i was dealt and i'm happy because i get to talk to people i get to motivate them i get to i get to teach them i get to see smiling faces every day i love it right i'm an inspiration to people and there's there's more to life than just the like what do you have and what do you do type shit, right? But, you know, really thinking about, like, overall, the principles we've talked about, right? Just understanding, like, with anxiety, there's going to be days that suck. There's going to be days that are good. You know, you can't control everything. I know we try to, right? Especially the 
the uh i'm gonna butcher the the, the name here um the premeditatio malorum <laughs> which i feel like i'm in harry potter um right like doing those things and planning out the, like premeditating the evils right people with anxiety are great at that just remember that at the end of the day um the stuff that you're planning for may not actually come to fruition right like the like the seneca quote of um we suffer more often in our imaginations than in reality because we're good at planning stuff out saying oh my god what if i do this and my friends hate me and then i say this dumb word to them and they don't like my cat joke and they don't like this and this and this right but at the end of the day like it 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 all it like doesn't matter at the same time that it does matter fully and all this stuff right just use the exercises as you see fit as a tool set when you run into these situations to be able to give yourself the perspective that allows you to like live your life a lot easier like for me you know there are days i'm like oh my god my back's hurting like what's wrong do i have back cancer right no webmd told me i have back cancer oh my god and then it's like well okay what what do i do about that right well i guess i really couldn't do anything i guess i could get checked out or whatever and i think sometimes we're afraid of that and that death and looking at death right memento mori because we feel like we're not we're not being true to ourselves we're not living up to to what we think we should be doing right um we're like wow like would i be happy if i died no i haven't made a big enough impact so then go out and make that impact right try new things do stuff like live your life and um you know we always go back to the whole thing of you know control what you can and and to the fate point there's a lot of things you can't control you can't control where you're born in the world who you're born to how rich your parents are all those things but there's a whole of a lot of shit you can't control you can control your attitude on it your perception of it how you handle defeat how you pick yourself back up and how you continue day in and day out to make sure that you have that beta always in beta mindset that a shot was talking about right that growth mindset that is so often coveted in the world because so few people i feel actually have it and when i personally meet somebody who's who shows that mindset i am very quick to compliment them on their perspective and their mindset because it took me a real long fucking time to get there you know and and that's what that's what life is about it's about working on yourself that's the same reason why i go to therapy right to work on myself to to do these things why we did the podcast right to be able to share our perspective with the world to help others to make to make a bigger impact amongst the world and um yeah i didn't mean to soapbox there but i, I kind of took the reins a little bit um any closing thoughts uh on, on your end of shot oh very well said man very well said um but yeah you know use these practices to your benefit um again you don't have to use all of them you know start with one maybe build up from there but did i personally use a lot of these practices i still Journaling has just been a hard one for me, so I haven't consistently stuck to it. But pretty much all the rest of these I use pretty much on a daily basis. So, and and it helps me a lot. You know, you could use some of the other ones to maybe think about journaling. Like, what if you, um, what if in the future you have dementia or Alzheimer's, and if you have your journals to reflect on and look back on, you can see how you've changed throughout the years, and you can kind of refine yourself, right? So maybe you're like. The motivation to do something for future you is because it may be one maybe one day you'll be able you'll lose the ability to write right. or lose the ability to recall things and and that's where you find the motivation to do so uh, yeah and i think it's less about motivation just more about i don't know writing 
or typing just isn't my thing. So I might need to get like a actual journal. I'll need to figure it out. It's not something that I'm worried about that much. I mean, you know, there's eight other exercises that uh, I'm focusing on. So the one will have to wait. But, you know, I do journal sometimes. Uh, if you, you know, if you look at my day one or whatever journaling app I use and you look at the calendar, you know, there's random days where I'll just I'll journal just out of nowhere. Um, and then there's other, you know, there's a big gap or I might go a couple days and then I might go weeks or months without journaling. And, um, I mean, again, like I said, in permanent beta, right? I'm still learning. I'm still improving. I'm still trying to, trying to get better as, as all of you should as well. Anyway, thank you for listening uh, this week. Uh, And uh, this is the closing episode of the Stoicism series. So we hope you guys have enjoyed the series and have gotten something out of this. Um, Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you guys again on Thursday.